This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. fitness unicorn and you're listening to coffee chats podcast a show where storytelling and coffee hang out today's episode is part two of the chat with jessica crew glover in this episode we talked about book two bunnies frogs dogs and buildings roman thanks for listening go forth and be magical about book two okay um so obviously book one ended on a cliffhanger i Um, know i was like i literally when i put i was like what the like wait what i you should have seen me you should i was like where's the rest of it yeah what what just happened here the okay. original book one was a lot longer. Um, actually, when I first started querying, it was 172,000 words, which is <laughs> too long. Like, rookie mistake. Um, so then I shifted things. I pulled out a whole chapter. Actually, I pulled out three whole chapters. Because so, I have two, um, I ha- actually have two POV chapters from Kajiran's, uh, uh, well, from Kajiran's POV, um, that I'm happy to send you. So, and it happens, like, kind of within the span of while well, Nisa is back over the veil. And that was going um, to be one of my questions about POV okay. um, with your character. So, so I, okay. now that we've got that in place, please continue, yeah. and then we'll we'll come back to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and it was so it was a lot longer. And so, what I did is I I wanted a good a good like grabbing stopping point, and that figured I figured that was probably the best. And so, book two picks up about a month afterwards, but it's di- like events directly after. Um, they are searching for him. Um, so she, uh, Nisa and Silas and, uh, Cordian are searching for Kajiran and they end up in, uh, Laranag, Laranag, um, and, um, you know, there's battles and the, um, political tide has changed. And so there are, um, there's a lot of like subterfuge within the provinces, and people are coming after them. And then Heilig, which is the land beyond the sea, is another continent comes into play. And we find out that Nisa is a descendant of Heilig. And is it a spoiler? Well, I mean, you don't find out into the book, but this is where it ends up. And so the story goes back and forth between Efsing and Heilig and into London and into in, in and around London, I should say, back into England, in and around London. So, um, but it's a lot of action and it's darker. Uh, it's a little bit of a darker twist uh, than um, 
then another reskin was, and it's called a braiding of darkness. So, and right now we're scheduled for a March 22nd release. So hopefully that sticks. Very cool. And since we're yeah. talking about darker characters, Solange, is that how you say Ooh, her? Yeah. yeah. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, she's horrible. Yeah, she's oh really my horrible. God. Yeah, and she, you see more of her book three. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's a, she's a banshee. <laughs> she, yeah. uh, wow. I was like, that's a, that's a, that's a, and what's crazy, because she has such a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. Right? And a beautiful face. And right? She's, uh, an ugly person. <laughs> oh, oh, every time, like, I was like, I would get goose. I'm like, no, no, yeah. not, not the, no. Yeah. yeah. In the third book, I wrote a scene that scared the out of me and I was sitting here and no one was in my house. I think everyone was staying over at friends' houses. My husband was working overnight and my, my desk faces out and it's dark, dark, dark at night. Cause I just faced like there's a school. And so it's just a schoolyard and a hill and nothing. And I wrote the scene with her in it in the third book and I scared myself. And I was like, ended up cuddling my dog, like save me. <laughs> She's horrible. So yeah. 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 So I was going to, I was curious to know if you were going to take us into her, into her a little bit more, her backstory and things like that. So very cool. Yay. Uh, And then uh, you're the dogs, uh, Bixby and Cuthbert. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so were those dogs, like, are those, are those dogs based off of any dogs that you've had? Like, did you have any dogs with the name Bixby and Cuthbert? No, but. So Cuthbert was the name of my husband's grandmother. Uh, his granny had a frog growing up named Cuthbert. And I adored my, I, both of them have passed on now. Um, and I adored them. But she told me about Cuthbert the frog that she had when she was younger. And it, the story was so cute that the name stuck. And also there was a, um, a priest, I believe, at like the I think it's a I don't know if it's a cathedral I think it's a cathedral at in Durham in England which is around the area where another bee skin takes place it's that kind of coastal area and he was kind of a sketchy dude and so but then it ended up I, I know I'm butchering the story now in my research something but he kind of then ended up kind of turning a turning coat for the better and it seemed like a cool name for the dog. So the frog and the priest. <laughs> frog and a priest walk into a dog. Um, like, so. And Bixby, I had a bunny named Bixby when I was 12. And he was black and he had short ears and he was very sweet. And I'm pretty sure I named him after a boy that I had a crush on in junior high. But it was the cutest name for a bunny and it just worked as the uh the name for the for the dogs totally <laughs> oh my god bixie bixby the bunny that sounds adorable i love who doesn't love bunnies you just yeah. you don't have a, you have a black heart if you don't like bunnies like yeah you know, really. bunnies are just like soft and fuzzy and cute so cool <laughs> so i know this is going to sound like a silly question but i'm going to ask it anyway nope. um you describe the leathers and some of the gear that they're mm-hmm. wearing in the book. Um, have you, and being LA and all, 
like have do you have any idea of like maybe like I don't want to say like turning that into like a clothing line or something like that but something you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. you were describing these things and, and, and in my head I was like oh, I would love to wear that yeah <laughs> like, um, um, that would be really cool I haven't thought about it but that would be really cool <laughs> like because I think um, you described the boots and some of yeah. the leathers and then obviously we you know the blades I know you can't have the blades but you know um some of the like some of the the clothes like I said I, I could see everything and and it wasn't and I don't mean to use the comparison but like in in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. like part of the co- I mean the costuming is part of the story I mean yeah. you know like obviously that the various houses with their you know the the emblems you know uh, part of what oh, they awesome. wear exactly the colors and and like the lion with the the Lannisters right so like you just see that and you just know that that's house Lannister right absolutely and so as I'm reading your book again not not I'm not using that as a comparison I'm using it as kind of like a it helps me it grounds me in in a story and so I'm imagining your fae places because you have the map and so in my head I was like oh, do they have colors? What is their symbol? Like, what is their emblem? Like, you know, you have Gryffindor, right? House Gryffindor, yeah. right? It's a, not not to use that, but just as an example. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, where something, it, it, there's something that's more emblematic of the particular region or so. Um, I mean, in my head, like there are different, there are different styles, like for instance, Mesara, um, it's a more temperate region. It's more like Mediterranean and you're going to dress differently. Right. Um, and you, in the second book, that's kind of a whole thing where like, Nisa ends up there and she's like I'm like dying all she's in is like she has fighting leathers and she's been on the road and she's like I need to buy clothes (laughs) it's like and I mean clothes are for me I want to know what characters are wearing because it's really symbolic of where they are in their headspace I mean we have days where I'm not wearing anything but my baggiest sweatpants and there are days where I'm like no I'm gonna put on lipstick and I'm gonna or lip gloss um and I'm gonna wear my nice boots and you know that's and so that's where we are in our headspace and the characters I think would represent that kind of shift too um and then you want it to be culturally culturally representative of where they are who they are whether they're showing respect to somebody or not um and so I just I kind of delved I mean and I really I really do like clothes I don't like shopping I kind of hate shopping but I really like clothes so (laughs) so it was fun to write all of those um that would be really cool to make a clothing line of another piece skin though (laughs) like in, in my head like I could see it like I, I could yeah. see it you know what I'm saying so like and and I love you know buttons and pins and uh you know like how cool would I would love to have like that kind of stuff on on my jacket or something like that I'd be like yeah I'm repping this house today you know yes so, yeah. definitely oh that'd be so cool <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I I was trying I'm like especially with the cover um I I wanted to ask you about like because you do mention moonstones Mm-hmm. And, um, you do mention, um, I, I think you mentioned the, the, the double cr- horn. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, Nisa wears the double horn. Yeah. yeah. I did, um, I did a giveaway a few months ago where I actually gave away a little, uh, double horn pendant. And then, uh, my husband got me one for Christmas last year that I, I don't have it on now, but it's really cool. It's like a long lariat with the double horn on it. So, um, but yeah, I love pulling little details like that and making them, a, you know a part of real life 
bridging real life with my fantasy world. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, how cool would that be? And, and like, um, the crystal that she was wearing, um, I, I believe it, um, when she was taking the bath and it mm-hmm. kind of, ex- when it, when it, I, it, I don't want to say exploded, but like when it came yeah. off of the, the, the mount. Yeah. And, um, so like in my head, I, I kind of like imagined, you know, so you have, you have the crystal, right. You have the crystal. And then I, I kind of like saw, like, I've seen it where it like floats. And so literally I could just imagine it just, you know, coming free from that. Yeah. Just popping out. Yeah. And so like, um, you know, you get a crystal when you get a book and right. So like, how cool would that be? Yeah. I actually love, I want, there's a really cool shop in town here, um, that I, I do like get my eyebrows done and stuff. And, um, they, the back of the shop is the esthetician area. And then the front is a really cool shop and they have, um, actually I got this like adaptogenic herbal kitchen book there from uh, my friend Ashley who works there. And then they do have jewelry and they have crystals and candles and stuff like that. My phone just fell. Um, <laughs> but, um, I thought, wow, it'd be really cool to have my book in a store like that, not a bookstore, but like a store and then pair it with some crystals. Like it would be such a simple little package for them to sell and, you know, they can mark it up whatever they want, but it would be such a cool little, you know, package deal to give as a gift or to get for yourself. So. Absolutely. Cause when I was, I was trying, I had to look up blue agate because you had mentioned blue agate. And I didn't yeah. know what blue agate looked like. I know, obviously I know, you know, amethyst quartz, mm-hmm. pink quartz, you know, the, the, like the, the more popular ones, but, um, and then how you, um, you mentioned blue, is it, so is it blue lace agate or blue, blue agate? lace agate? Yeah. The, I think the blue, the lace, the blue lace agate has like veins of white, uh-huh. um, through it. Okay. So, so it has, yeah. it's more marbly. It has that, that, uh, lacy. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so, cause I had to go look it up. Uh, I do have a crystal book somewhere buried in all of our books. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just going to Google it just to see what it was. And then, um, so you might've, pers- one of the words that I, I have to work really hard at pronouncing correctly is chalcedony because when oh, yeah, you look like you look at it, it looks like chalcedony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I want to go chalcedony and it's yeah. not, it's chalcedony. And I'm like, yeah. why would you make such an awkward pronunciation of right that word? Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, it is a ridiculous. And in fact, I I think I just glossed over it. And I'm like, yep, I'm good. Cal- yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And so I was, um, like I said, I was I was you know reading it, and I had to I was I wanted to make sure I was looking at the right stone to make sure that I was associating it correctly. And I love how you would, again, with the limestone, I, I know what limestone looks like. And I didn't realize, you know, the quartz uh, in it. And then how cool, again, how cool would that be? I love what you said that if you got this and you picked it up at this particular shop and it came with those stones and like moonstone, you also talk about um, one of the character's eyes, uh, Peridot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and so I was like, Peridot, I was like, okay, what color is that? <laughs> I know you can't stick, yeah. you can't sell this with Peridot, but I'm just know. You know, like, what would be nice? <laughs> I know. Right. And I was like, so again, I'm like, okay, what color is that again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's such a pretty watery green. I just love it. And his eyes go from the Peridot to the, uh, aquamarine, like Silas and Corrigan's. And I was like, oh, 
yeah and and you said uh, like sea sea glass sea glass green and I was like oh that's so pretty (laughs) yeah because I I would I would write like if someone describes your eyes wouldn't you want to have it described as like you know a a gemstone or something like that absolutely yeah especially I mean I have brown eyes so everyone's like they're brown they're great Mm -hmm. no no one sings songs about brown eyes well, I guess technically they do. Ben Morrison did, but you know, whatever. I was like, that's the <laughs> brown eyed girl. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Fine. I just I negated do. my argument. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Because I have green eyes. And so I get very, um, anytime, and my understanding is green eyes are only 1% of the population, the world's population. Yeah. And they're, it's very, so like, if you look at a globally, like it's pretty much only comes from a certain area. And so, um, so of course I'm fascinated with, um, so I'm a bit of an Anglophile. I I love things, you know, Irish, Scottish, British, Welsh, and my birthday is Beltane. I was born on May Day. So Right. So I'm kind of like, okay, so yeah. even though I'm not really Irish, I was born on Beltane. So in my head, I'm Irish. <laughs> I'm like, hey, yeah, that's where I got the <laughs> Irish tattoo. I'm like, I'm going to get an hey. Irish tattoo. I was born on Beltane, damn it. There you go. <laughs> right. I'm like, so there's this much of me, this little teeny tiny little nail. That's, that's as much <laughs> Irish as I am. But, um, and so, because same thing, like green eyes are only prevalent, like in that Brit- uh, Brittany and, um, and around the Mediterranean, like it's very prevalent. And then, cause it's a, um, a mutation of a mutation is my understanding. And so it had like the genet again, I'm not a geneticist at all. I just break it down into as easiest components. It's yeah. a mutation of a mutation. That's all I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so when you were describing the green eyes, I was like, yes. About those green eyes. <laughs> yes, yes. I know. I, and I, I love my husband has hazel eyes and then my my kids, my daughter actually has these incredible green eyes. Like the, they're like this the color of moss. Like oh olives like fresh olives you know uh-huh, uh-huh. and when she was little we're like I think she has hazel eyes and we're like no they're like this bright gorgeous like olive green oh. and then my son has eyes that are my mom says they're the color of blueberries and I think they're like a denim blue so they're like oh. a nice dark blue so pretty I don't know I mean both of them got nice eyes so hey. that's awesome <laughs> the, the, the eyes sound beautiful that's awesome and I that's one of the eyes is kind of the first thing I notice and then obviously like a smile right so the eyes is kind of like that first you know hey what's that and so when you were describing like with her olive eyes like I could really 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 like see you know and like her skin tone and stuff like that so you did a great job at creating you know you you were very vivid and and you really like I said I you could really see she was three-dimensional that's what I'm trying to say I'm like my words are I'm like I know (laughs) what I'm trying to say I just can't get there (laughs) she's very three-dimensional you know you 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 made sure to to I could see her muscles like I could you know you could see everything about her so she very much you very much felt like you were right there watching everything oh I appreciate that thank you that means a lot how long did it take you to write this um so I started it in the summer in July of 
2018. And then I think I finished, I finished the first full draft by uh, March of 2019. Wow. Almost a year for that first draft. And then it went through a ton of beta readers and a ton of cuts and stuff. And then I started querying it in March of 2020 at 172,000 words because the kiss of death. And then I cut a lot and then requeried it in May. So, um, so it was, you know, probably about a good, a good two years um, to really kind of get it where it is. And then obviously, you know, once it was uh, uh, given a, a, a publishing contract, then, you know, then you go through like the various stages of edits. So very that cool. took about a year. So. That's, that seems like a pretty quick process like sometimes it takes people like yeah. years to write books yeah like I'm, a, I'm actually a fast I'm a fast reader too but I'm actually a fast like I guess I'm a fast writer in general and say drafter but I'm pretty fast with revisions and edits too um I kind of get in the zone and my focus is on that and that's that's kind of all there is um but I I have to get in that zone <laughs> otherwise nothing happens. so did you like as a as, when you were younger did you ever think that you would write a book like did you know you were going to write a book was there always a book in you yeah I started writing I, I was always writing like I would travel with my mom because she had different stations in Pan Am so we would travel to different airports and I would wait around for her and I would write on anything like there were Pan Am cocktail napkins were always available so I was always writing on cocktail napkins I remember writing on the back of a ticket like in those days my mom would like go and write her own ticket and I'm go behind the ticket counter, write it, and then we go and we take a flight. You know, and that's the way it was done. It's a little different now, uh, but I remember writing a poem on, or a poem, or start to a story on the back of a of an airline ticket. Um, and then at twelve, I started my first novel called Eternally Yours about a vampire. And um, do you still have that? <laughs> I do actually. Yeah, it's 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 actually quite funny. Um, Are you ever going to publish it? I don't think so, but I think it's cute just to have. It was goofy and I did it on my mom's like word processor which was like half typewriter half computer you know uh-huh. and I was like <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so cool but, yeah but I've, I've always been a writer but I think I, I when I started university I kind of lacked the I lacked the confidence to carry it through um and I was, then I was like, I'm going to go, I wanted to go into intelligence. I'm like, I'm going to go into the CIA and this is going to be my job. And then towards the end of my university career, I was like, yeah, no, I'm really liberal. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not going to work out very well. <laughs> so yeah, I scrapped that. I'm like, why don't I just write about it? Yeah. And then I took a, a long time. Like I honestly, I, um, I, I, I kind of didn't do much of anything in the way of like building a career when I was raising my kids when they were really young. Um, I kind of just went full on that and made chocolate and, you know, it was, it was okay. It, you know, things kind of fell into place and I think every, everything happens when, when it should. So, yeah. Have you noticed how Coffee Fueled Stories doesn't have any ads? That's because I work tirelessly to keep this show alive. After three years on my own, I've decided I need to ask for your help. I've never asked anyone to subscribe, 
I've never asked anyone to leave a review. I've never asked anyone to rate the show. And I've never asked anyone to pay to listen. There are a few ways you can help support the show. I've created a Patreon page, Coffee Field Stories, and a subscription section on my podcast website. It's simple to support and help me keep my dream alive. Just click the link in the show notes to set up your paid subscription option. It's that easy. Thank you for your support. Cool. Did your father tell you fairy stories? Like, is that how, how did, like, what is, how did you get into fairies per se and, and the realm of like the fae? Like what, what I think it was just me. Um, I think, I don't know. My, um, my mom, my mom's always been a reader, but she was never into fantasy. She's actually never read a fantasy book apart from like the Mists of Avalon, which was popular in the eighties. I think, um, she never read a fantasy book until mine. And she's like, I've been missing out on this whole genre. She's like, I think it's one of my new favorites. <laughs> so Aww. that was kind of cool. Oh, cool but she wasn't that? into it and I was always into vampires and she's like I don't get it like, why do you like vampires like I like so weird <laughs> she's like kind of a freak <laughs> I mean she never said that but like you oh, know right, it's right. like oh, a different oh, kid yeah. you know oh my um, god That's and cool. so it just kind of yeah it, it went from there and a lot of fantasy is written by you know old white men mm-hmm. and I didn't necessarily identify with that and I identified more with the old stories of the fae and old stories of like you know paganism and the occult and I thought I want to make my own new version and now you know new fantasy out there is is taking a lot of that into concern now and it's it's definitely more um I think female driven now the industry um so uh, it's not that I created this new thing but I definitely happened upon it uh I think at the right time um yeah. But it was just an interest in like the old stories. And I was, I've always been kind of into like, the, you know, different pagan religions and mythology and really into mythology. And um, oh yeah. 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 That, that's so cool. <laughs> so then help me understand this because they never explained it when I was in Ireland, there were fairy mounds everywhere. There were these mounds, right. Uh-huh. And you would just be driving along. Um, so for example, um, from Dublin to Newgrange, um, I went to Newgrange, and that's that's why I have this guy. And it, so it was like an hour and a half drive, and the um, we had a the the driver was not our tour guide, right? So there was actually someone who was talking and telling us about the things on the countryside and and giving us backstories and things like that. And he he told us he said every time you see a mound out there, it's a fairy mound, and whatever you do be very respectful because you don't want to piss off the fairies. You definitely don't want to piss off the fairies. Right? (laughs) And so at at Newgrange, you can literally walk all the way around the whole monument itself, which is freaking cool. Like I said, it was, I waited how many years? I was, uh, I had waited, I think 28 years. I finally, I got there in, um, I had graduated undergrad. So I was 38 so I, I had been wanting to go since I was a teenager, child, like Newgrange. And um, the, uh, so when we're getting there, like I said, he just kept talking about these fairy mounds and don't piss off the fairies. And so I'm sitting there um, just on the grounds because you can and you can just take it in. And I'm sitting there and there was this, like this little fairy mound like right next to me. And I was like, I'm here. 
I'm not being disrespectful. Please don't hate me because I'm a tourist <laughs> right now. I was, I was like, I, I was like talking to this mound and I was like, I'm cool. Like, it's okay. I'm Be not. cool, honey bunny. <laughs> right? And so I was like, is anybody else talking to the fairy mounds? I mean, obviously I wasn't saying it out loud, you know, but in my head, I was like talking to the fairy mound. Like, did you talk to the fairy mounds? No, but I am really respectful in places that, um, that seem like there's some sort of sacred nature to what's going on. Um, it's disappointing because it went to Stonehenge a couple of years ago and there are like, you know, the fairy mounds, which they called like burial mound. They are, you know, old burial mounds from wherever. And it's such a tourist and I get it. I get that, you know, that, that you know, I think the National Trust has come in and like made that what it is and that there's that double-edged sword of taking care of it because it's, you know, history, it's, it's global history. It's not just like British history. Um, this is part of who we are, but at the same time, it's so commercialized, you know, and there's just hordes and tons of buses of people going in and walking around these sacred places and it's it's kind of a bummer and and I do I always I always kind of get chills thinking you know we're walking through a souvenir shop at what was someone's you know altar and that seems strange yeah I I I I try to make a point wherever I go so even in Thailand and Cambodia right same thing that like with a, a reverence right? Every monument I've been to, I go with a sense of reverence. Um, so uh, I went to uh, Borobudur in Indonesia, and most of the Buddha heads were cut off and removed because people um, were, were buying them, right? So, so there weren't many Buddha heads left in, in the monument. And so there, I, there's a picture of me where I'm literally stretching to touch the Buddha, to, to give reverence, you know, to like, uh, and and he was kind of like off in this corner and, you know, I was like, uh, you know, same thing, you know, offering respect. And, um, and so that's why I was talking to the very mouth, you know, yeah, I'm going to sit there. I'm like, yeah, please, please. You know, you, you, and I guess that's the difference between being a tourist and a traveler right? Yeah. You, you do have that sense of respect. You do have that sense of reverence right. and, and honor, yeah. you know, yeah. honor. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it's just because uh, you're, I don't know, like, would you say you were brought up that way or is that, I mean, is that, I think so. Like my mom was always, um, my mom's a traveler and, and not just because, you know, she had wings from her job, <laughs> right? but um, we grew up and she would always take us to all the different um, cultural fairs. Like we would go to the Russian Orthodox uh, festivals and we would go to um, Orthodox Jewish festivals and we would go to the Thai festivals. And uh, we were in Miami, so there was like a Goombe, you know, the Bahamian festival and like all any cultural festival my mom took us to. And we would eat the, you know, the food, we would get the crafts. And that's how we grew up from my, my brother and I. And we were, we're citizens of the world. And so that means being respectful, no matter where you are, wherever you're traveling, uh, who you're with, you know, you're, you're a citizen of, of the people. And, you know, we, we all need to kind of band together on that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that, 
like Ireland, I don't know. I, I, there was just something like standing at the, the hill of Tor and having that big lodestone like right there. And, um, you know, cause you want to touch it, right. You want to touch these things. Yeah. And, um, and literally we were told don't touch it. And <laughs> so we were like, okay, I'm not going to touch it. And I was like, can I just like take a picture though, to make it look like I'm touching it? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to like make it look like yeah. I was, t- cause I knew I couldn't touch it. And, um, and he was kind of like, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, like, I'm not, again, I'm not Aww. trying to be disrespectful, but you yeah. know, like, it's, it's magical. It's powerful. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, history it, because it was the court. That's the, it was the coronation stone. So they used to have the crown when they would do the, the crowning ceremony, they would put the crown mm-hmm. on the stone. And I was like, I know I can't touch it. I'm going to respect it and I'm going to honor it. But at the same time, this thing is really freaking cool, man. It's really cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Like you the know. dynasties that that has seen. That's yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Like, Ugh. because especially with the Irish folk tales, like I'm fascinated yeah. with the Irish folk tales and like the battle of Ulster, you know, and yes. um, Cuchulian, that's pronouncing of his name. Cause I always wanted to call it Cuchulain or something oh. like that, but Cuchulian. Oh, <laughs> but it looks like the Kuchini. welsh names are really hard too we're like oh okay. yeah they have like five l's in a row what's what's up with that i yeah i i i don't even try i just if i see a welsh word or a name i'm like i'm gonna look up how to say that because i know i'm gonna just kill it it's gonna die it's all <laughs> right so have you read the mabdignogian i think that's the pronunciation for the welsh the Mabdi- Mabdignogian and my professor is going to kill me for slaughtering nice. that one. Um, but uh, she recommended that one as a Welsh, like folk tailing. Um, oh, and nice. there's, there's a story about a little mouse in there. And she, mm-hmm. she was telling me about, she was like, you wait till you get to the story of the mouse. And I was like, okay. So the oh. Mabdignogian, but it does not look like that at all. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. that's why i wanted you to pronounce the names for me (laughs) you never know you never know (laughs) so do do you have a favorite fantasy author or i know you had mentioned um lord of the rings but um is is that like Lord of the Rings to me is kind of like a standard um and I appreciate it on its level on its pedestal like we went to the Tolkien exhibit at the Bodleian Library at Oxford uh, a couple years ago and he's so brilliant (laughs) it's amazing couldn't take any pictures inside but there's like an interactive map of Middle Earth and like his letters to his kids and like his backstory and he was really brilliant and so that's always, it, that's always kind of like the wallpaper, I feel like, of fantasy. You can't do anything or get around anything without having this reverence for Tolkien. Um, and I, um, I'm i a huge fan of uh, Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. And that's my favorite book. Uh, and it's the All Souls series. And I read it in 2011 when it came out. And I've been like her biggest fan since. Um, and so I think, and that's kind of what I guess we would say low fantasy because it takes place here and it's magic and it's, you know, witches and vampires and demons and stuff like that. Um, but it's definitely fantasy. 
Um, so that's, that's my favorite. Um, and I like, I like a bit of a puzzle. I like my mind to be challenged when I read. Um, and then I love the Sarah J. Moss books, like Court of Thorns and Roses and that series. They're so much fun. Honestly, like they're like goofy and sexy and violent and that's fun. And, you know, I'm, I, it would, I have a whole, like, I don't know if you can even see back on my shelf. I, I see that gorgeous skull back there. My skull. That's yeah. awesome. And then my sword that I made, cause I made, I don't know if you saw that on my Instagram, but I have, I made a dress out of 300 pages of my manuscript. So like a corset and a whole gown and like a, a rough and then a sword um, out of the manuscript pages. And so my sword's back there. The dress is over there. And I don't know what to do with it. It's just sitting there. That's <laughs> it's creepy. Ghost. Cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Very, so you said March 22nd. So if all goes as planned. So, so three twenty two twenty two. Yep. All right. Yep. All right. Yeah, looking for it. That's yeah. so cool. Did we nerd out? I think no. we. I think we hit everything. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it, it. It's we talked about. You know, the the skin and needing to shed another skin, and that's it's a story of growth. You know, it's someone's personal growth, and that's. Um, I think that's the the whole like. <laughs> the basic plot of the book is it's a story of growth and yeah. uh yeah I think you did you have a question about POV uh yes sure. thank you yeah so I noticed that so you you have a couple of chapters where we are in the other characters not just in uh the main yeah. character um so you said that you were going to in book two we will there will there's more POV of the other characters Definitely. Yeah, we definitely, um, we have in the second and third books, it's, it's all POV. Um, so book two is still mainly Nisa and, um, but, but there's also, uh, there's Kadiran, there's, um, there's Raynar, um, definitely Silas and Cordian. I think that's it, book two. And then third book, there's a few characters that we haven't met yet. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and I and I find it fun to do that because the like when I get into Silas is really fun to write, um, and getting into their heads is just um, it really gives another level to the story. I think. Yes. Um, actually, Corian's really fun to write too because she's so she's so different to me that I love writing her, and I'm like, oh, I wish I could be like Corian when I grow up. Oh my, she's I, so cool. Right. I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, she is so cool. Like, I just want to hang out at the pub with her yeah, and just like me listen too. to her. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. You totally hang out. She's just so confident. And I'm like, I want to be like you. <laughs> right? And and you said, so uh, we're also going to be in Reynard. Is You said, yeah. is he? Re- oh, that's that's interesting because. Yeah. So, um, and I try, I work really hard at making sure uh, not to be presumptuous when I'm reading. Mm-hmm. But I do get excited anytime somebody, um, I, I'm going to use the word foreshadows. So Reynard uh, means fox. And so anytime um, uh, there's Reynard or a fox, because as we can nerd out cognates, there are many different cognates of Reynard and or fox um, Mm -hmm. that literature people love to do because they like to plant that little seed. And Mm -hmm. so when you introduced Reynard, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. (laughs) <laughs> we have a fox in the hen house 
And, but I was like, again, I was like, I don't want to be presumptuous. I was like, is Reynard going to be, is he going to be a jerk? Is he going to be like who I was like, Oh no. And so, so did you intentionally give him the name Renard? I did. To yeah. mess with us? Yeah. And honestly, you're the only person who's pulled that out yet. I've, any interview I've had, no one has picked up on that. And there's even like the French children's, uh, like a cartoon character, a little mm-hmm. fox named Renard. Yeah, and whole... no one else has picked up on that. Yeah. Uh, thank so. you, Shakespeare class. Uh, <laughs> there you my go. Profess- thank you. Uh, because Tybalt. Um, I believe that's his cognate is from the French. Um, And then uh, there was another story. um, Is it uh, Isolde? Um, Mm -hmm. Tristan and Isolde? Tristan and Isolde. Yeah. Uh That's one of my favorite tales. I love that story. Right. Isn't that uh, so beautiful? Heartbreaking and beautiful. It is. Oh my God. Yes. We won't go down that path. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah. And so um like I said I didn't want I was really hoping that Reynard uh wasn't going to be the fox in the hen house and so again without spoilers um but that's really cool that book two will take us into Reynard yeah and he's such a complicated character and which is why I like him so much because I mean I'm always one who roots for the underdog and I obviously knew his backstory when I wrote him I work character sheets so I knew I knew what he'd been through I knew who his sister was you know and and I and I you know I knew the way he he works so I don't want to spoil it but like um but he definitely is I mean he's a fox and he's a weasel and that doesn't mean he's bad it means he knows how to to work the room (laughs) yes and 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 it's I love that you said that because I so we lived in Colorado and we had a family of foxes um, that, that were next to us. And so we had little kits and so we got to see them grow up and they were right outside our bedroom window. And we also had a farm. Uh, our neighbors had a farm <laughs> and we had a family of foxes. And I was like, and, and they didn't have, the chickens were like, they were just out. They had ducks, geese and chickens. And I was like, um don't you dare be shooting what's on my property because mm-hmm. you don't keep your animals contained yeah. it's like it to them it's a food source and they're gonna figure out how to help themselves to yeah. what you got and so exactly so when we had the fan like we were so nervous about the family of foxes because they were adorable i loved watching them and they would you know pounce on the we were like eat all the field mice you want they're all yours <laughs> have yep. at it and yep. we would watch them play and pounce and it was just fascinating Aww. and I never mm. viewed them as anything threatening because again mm. I, I know that they're they're crafty and mm-hmm. that's it's it's about survival for them it's, survival. it's about survival you know yeah, yeah. exactly yeah yep so when you had brain I was like all right where are we going <laughs> where yep. where is she where is she taking us yep my, he's my weasel <laughs> yep. but again it's that's it's not uh it's not a negative thing it's no. you know it's they're it's about survival yeah exactly yeah Very and that's cool. why i mean you can see his whole like he is meaning he has a huge character arc and personality arc not personality he is who he is but he definitely has his character arc and you see it more and more through books two and three so 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> that's cool. And I love that you mentioned that, and I always say Nasa, so I'm sorry, I slaughter her that's name. Okay. Um, no, I, a lot of people pronounce it as Nasa um, as well. And some people have actually, I've seen it spelled with an A. Um, I just go with the, like the old, the old pronunciation of Nisa. So it doesn't offend me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And because one of my favorite words is buildings Roman as a literature major. That's the first uh-huh. one of the first words you learn. And um, one of the things that I love about your book is that um, because most of the time buildings Roman is usually a young boy, right. Going through his, his changing and figuring out his path. Yeah. But I believe that anybody, regardless male, female, and age, whatever age, we are constantly having and experiencing building Roman, buildings Roman. Absolutely. Yep. And she was, yep. same thing. How, how old is she again? 35. 35. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, we experienced, you know, such grief, right? And such like loss. And you, you know, we didn't experience it like very, very young. We experienced it older. And so Mm -hmm. it's like you said, and writing is very cathartic, extremely cathartic. And so having that experience, and so she's, you know, 35. And like you were saying about being in your 40s, right? Mm -hmm. Like you own it now. Like there's just things you just own. And So we are constantly having our own buildings, Roman. Yeah. So I thought that was very powerful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because, you know, I had a couple, I had a few reviews saying she reads this younger, like, you know, I don't understand how she's supposed to be 35. And I'm like, why? Because she's not like driving a minivan, you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yes, we're all kind of different. Like, I, I don't run around going, and today I'm just going to go to the PTA meeting and then I'm going to do my taxes. Like, no, I'm going to research sword fights and I'm going to throw a kettlebell around and I'm going to play with my dog and I'm going to like, you know, talk smack with my kids. Like it doesn't, you know, we all have a different view of where we are and what we're doing. And I, to have to like subscribe someone to our version of who we think they should be, like, why don't be that reader. <laughs> don't you know yeah I appreciate you know that you know we're so different and grief looks different on everybody too Mm -hmm. how we're going to process that it's so different I had experienced a really huge loss earlier in this year I think we talked about that my cousin passed away and the way I processed the grief of that isn't how I would have expected myself to do it and so we don't necessarily always know it ourselves until we've gone through something so yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons that I decided to do the podcast so late. Like it, I was, I waited so long. I waited to retire to have all of these things because I was afraid. So the first time I did a blog, I was still working, but I was terrified to put myself out there. Terrified as a writer, right? We're very vulnerable. These are our babies. You know, I mean, Faulkner was the one I believe who said, you know, kill your darlings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. You don't want someone else to do that. Like, and um, Hemingway said, um, writing, there's nothing to it. You just bleed on the page. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. We put our feelings out there and Absolutely. everybody loves to be a critic and it, and it hurts. Yeah. Right. It and the yeah. slightest thing. And you're like, 
look, I'm putting myself out there. And I never really understood that until I started putting myself out there. Literature feels good. There are no wrong answers. That's the beauty of reading a book. So like when you left this cliffhanger, I was like, well, I guess I just have to see where she takes me now. (laughs) Yep. You know, you're at my mercy. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and, and, you know, if, if I could break it down and be like, well, that's crap. That's the worst way to end a book. Why would yeah. you do that? No, that's what my husband said. Too. <laughs> He's like, Oh, why'd you do that? People don't like that. I was like, do you don't like that? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, well, the story's not done. The story's not done. Yeah. We, we've just been introduced to this world. And now we have characters that are growing and sharing and experiencing. And, and now we have to find out what's, what's, what's next. Where do we go from here? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. But I did, I did, I was like, when I, I, w- I looked at it and I was like, no, she didn't. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. She did. <laughs> <laughs> she left me hanging. It's true. That's Okay. <laughs> It'll be good to talk about POV chapters. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, thank you very, very, very much for today. I I really enjoyed nerding out with you and talking about all of this fun fun stuff. Yes, this is very cool. Very cool. And before we go, can I please have you say the tagline, go forth and be magical, however you would like to say it. I feel like I really want a magic wand, but I'm going to hold a crystal and say, go forth and be magical. <laughs>